0: You are listening to (laughs) Master's (laughs) Cast.
1: This is Master's Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 49 for Sunday, October 7th, 2012. Thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow.
2: I'm Katie Carty Highway, also known as Rainbow Bright.
3: Oh, is it my turn? <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't actually uh, decide what order we were doing. Go ahead, Leanne.
3: Um, I am Leanne Hanna, also known as
0: Stratus Macca. And I'm Josh Lioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. A little
1: confusion there, I assume, is because Martin is on vacation and is not with us today. It's Martin's fault. It's Martin's
2: fault.
1: Totally. It's Martin's fault. I can't do his accent though, so I can't impersonate him, sorry. <laughs> you
3: should You're just, just, just do now. the uh the Dick Van
0: Dyke <laughs> Mary Puffins
1: <laughs> accent. Mary Puffins. <laughs> there you go.
0: It's Malton Penny, also known as Wacky <laughs> <laughs> okay. Something like That That's the best mm, I can do. I'll i I'll give you an A for effort. There you go. A for effort.
1: There you go. Um Yeah, so Leanna and I are back from PowerCon and there's lots of news. So Josh usually handles that because he's very punctual.
0: All right, uh, news. First in the Classics line. At PowerCon, several new characters were announced for the 2013 subscription. We have Snakeface, the next member of the... Snakeman Clan, Karate from New Adventures, and Octavia from the Filmation Princess of Power cartoon. So, obviously their schedule continues to change, but as of now, those are set for the April, May, and June figures for next year. Um, I don't know. I think they're kind of... Uh, Uh, They're okay. That's an okay batch, I guess. I don't even know who Karate is, not being a New Adventures fan. Well, it is a surprising
1: pick, kind of, for the New Adventures. I mean, uh, I wouldn't necessarily have went with that one. I mean, I know Master Sebrian obviously, is a long shot. uh, But I don't know if I Flog or Hydron or something would probably be a better choice. They're kind of, at least if you're not a... Huge new adventures fan. You're going to kind of at least recognize those characters, um, but again, it, it leaves you to that same same thing: as why haven't why don't we have Glimmer yet
0: from Shira? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not, not only that, I understand the idea of them wanting to spread these out, especially when they were going with the longer roadmap and whatever. But it seems like uh, in all factions for the first half of next year, they were really picking characters way down on the lists in terms of popularity um,
2: And if they pro- really had so much trouble getting enough subscriptions this time around to continue the line you would think they'd say, oh crap this may be it, this may be the last year or two, we should start putting some good characters in here Yeah,
0: well, but- they, they, they say that, that it was already finalized, it was going to be in the 2013 subscription a year ago, that they can't change that But
1: mm. uh, Well one thing that could help is if there are more popular characters in the second half of the year Um, That could really spark people's interest to say, like, all right, I'll get that 2014 subscription.
0: Yeah, really hoping that's the case, that that they amp up the selection. Because right now, to me, and I'm pretty much happy with anything they do, the first half uh, of the year, especially when you compare to the first half, for example, of uh, this year, of 2012's subscription, where at least for me, and I think for a lot of fans, there were those were there were quite a few high-profile characters. We got the Sorceress, we got Fisto, we got Cobra Khan, uh, we got Slush Head, News for the New Adventures fans, a relatively high pick. Um, Horde Prime was in there. We had a lot of, of pretty popular stuff in the first half. And uh, I don't expect every month to be like that, but as of right now, none of the characters on the top of my list uh are next year's except for Ram Man who's the one deluxe figure I guess. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's been announced. They've also announced that for uh the fall of 2013, they will be releasing if they get enough pre-orders, a Castle Grayskull playset for the Classics line that they will be taking pre-orders for that uh, sometime in the fall of this year, 2012, to be shipped next year if they get enough orders. It will be based on the uh, box art for the original Castle Grayskull playset, and it will be $200. No exact date of when they're going to start taking pre-orders has been announced, as far as I could find. Uh, And uh, hopefully, I am hoping, that we don't have to pay for that until it actually ships, (laughs) because I don't yeah. have $200 right now, so...
1: Uh, well, uh, normally, at least with a pre-order, uh, you don't have to. Um, It's kind of just like a... You know, they have your credit card, so... Uh,
0: yeah, but let's face it, though. It's saying normally with Manny Collector, as far as business practices <laughs> well, go, doesn't hold a lot of water, so... Uh, I Maybe mean, I can
1: I can see it both ways. If they're like, hey, you gotta pay up front, we got the money, then we can make the castle. Um... I'm definitely highly interested. So,
0: uh, regardless, oh, I definitely want it. Yeah, it's a matter of of the cost. Uh, if they if they'll if they charge you when it ships, I'll definitely be getting
1: one. And, so. and I'd love it to be, you know, successful because I think that would be just awesome if we could get a Snake Mountain that was more like the. I know they're doing kind of box art of Castle Grayskull, but it would be. To their benefit, I think if we finally got a Snake Mountain playset that was Snake Mountain and not like the original toy and mm-hmm. then I have a Crystal castle that looks like the filmation cartoon instead of the the toy version so yeah,
0: I think people would definitely get one of those each year if they did them like once a year hmm I think people would be all over those
1: and um
2: That's how big it's gonna be
1: it'll fit the um the new classic figures right. So, so it should be substantially bigger. pretty large, yeah. Yeah, I mean, much larger than the the Castle Grayskull statue that's coming out, which
3: actually is pretty awesome.
1: That is definitely awesome, and I feel like they both can coexist because they kind of serve different purposes. Yep. Um, like I will definitely have that castle, the Castle Grayskull statue. Yeah, I'm actually
3: on thinking about getting it now that I've seen it
1: mm-hmm, in person.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it was that was awesome.
0: It's yeah, fantastic. I, I definitely want it as well. Uh, that can be pre ordered from Action Figure Express and Entertainment Earth for $125 right now. It will ship in the first quarter of 2013. Yay! Yay. <laughs> also, uh, coming out, Funko has uh, unveiled their wacky wobblers and their vinyl figures for ma- their Masters of the Universe license. And, and the, yeah, the wacky
1: wobblers that. look filmationy. Mhm. Um, and awesome, and I'll buy them all. And the vinyl <laughs> figures don't necessarily look toy or filmation. Um, but I'll buy them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were the wacky wobblers? There was He-Man, Skeletor, Beast uh, Orco and Beastman, right? Beastman, yeah. And yeah, then the right. the vinyl figures are He-Man, She-Ra, which was a surprise also surprisingly spike uh, hordak it's and skeletor an choice Spikeor. now to me it's awesome because spike or was always one of my favorite uh characters from childhood but it is a very odd choice i thought i mean you'd think they'd go with the heavier hitters like orko or something especially with the way these things are designed they're very kind of kiddie looking and animated and big like big heads and stuff, I think it would fit Orko pretty well. So it's interesting. They're they're maybe they're testing the waters with a spiker, or someone from that company is just a big fan. And
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they did a bunch of them and just decided the spiker one looked the best, get a, something along those lines as well. It could be. Uh,
1: Plus, it, it does offer up some uh, a difference of characters from their bobbleheads versus these. Um, mm-hmm. Also, very interesting that they did. They were able to get. Um, Assumingly, some type of the Shira Princess of Power license, since Shira is included, and Hordak is in filmation colors. Mm-hmm. If anyone noticed, so
0: fantastic. Very nice. Very nice. Those. I still good.
3: think there should have been a Stratos, personally.
0: That would but, be cool, uh, actually. Yeah,
3: but that's okay.
0: <laughs> it's funny, Stratos is one of those characters I always think of. He's he's always kind of top of the list. He was early on in the vintage line, and mm-hmm. yeah, he always seems to be short shrifted on uh, things like the on the merchandising side of things well that's even I like think they just okay.
3: do it on purpose to annoy me <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i kind of get tired of like the beast man like include like i never really liked beast man as a kid maybe that's why but it's always like oh beast man like beast man's on those toon tumblers i don't know i probably would have liked evil lynn instead since they had he-man and Tila, right or is it he-man and man-at-arms Wow, I'm blanking on this. Never mind. Yeah, I, I retract my statement.
0: Like as well, but um, I don't. Know, I like I like Beast Man. A lot of the the early core characters from the first couple of years of the Vintage line to me are sort of they're they are the core characters, and and Stratos never seems to be among them for some reason. Sad. But neither is Zodak a lot of the times either. So yeah, but to me, well, at least Stratos though was in the cartoon
1: all the time. Yeah. Uh, whereas Zodak, not so much. Oh, and I was right on the Toon Tumblers. It's it's Tila, Beastman, He-Man, Skeletor. So again with the Beastman, I would have preferred Evil Inn or something. Just well, which
2: of these are available currently?
1: The Toon pre- uh, the glasses are available now. Okay. Um the Toon Tumblers. And then you have to pre order the wacky wobblers, the bobbleheads. Um they're not out yet. And then they just announced the vinyl figures. I don't think you can pre-order those anywhere. Yeah, I yet. don't believe you can
0: pre-order those yet.
2: You should have had that stuff out for Christmas. They're behind.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually. These would have been perfect Christmas presents for my family to purchase for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Santa Claus
0: still comes for me, you know. So this would be perfect, because they're toy-related. There you go. And uh, lastly, in the news... Uh December, we will see the release of a uh, 30th anniversary special uh, DVD collection of Masters of the Universe that will contain all, all 130 episodes of the Filmation series, 20 episodes, sort of a best of from the New Adventures, and the full run of the Mike Young Productions series from the early 2000s, all in a nice plastic... Uh, three-dimensional Castle Greyskull box and will include a special uh, power sword accessory, which I'm assuming is taken from the Classics line, but as I cannot tell, and I don't know if they've released pictures of that I'm not sure what that is it will also have the soundtrack from the Filmation series We are guessing, but not sure, that that will be the same uh, soundtrack as was recently re-released in France earlier this year. And there is no price yet and no exact release date, uh, although it is tentatively set for December. So if anyone wants to get that for me for Christmas, email me and I'll send you my address. (laughs) The um, power sword you were talking about, it
1: is being done by Mattel. And it's um, a gold power sword. At least in the in the in the advertisement that was so released, probably
0: something similar to what we got with the Thunder Punch figure, maybe. Something um,
1: probably. Points? Um, also the soundtrack. Now, Josh, you got the overseas soundtrack. I did. How, how many uh, tracks were on there? Because the one that's coming with this has eleven tracks. It says. Uh, it had.
0: I don't remember exactly. It had around that, however. Uh, Some of it was, like, a a different language, yeah. Yeah, a couple of the tracks were, like, storybook things in French. And one of them was the uh, He-Man theme from Filmation sung with lyrics in Spanish. Mm -hmm. It would seem odd to me that if those were included on the DVD version of the soundtrack, particularly Mm -hmm. the 16-minute-long French storybook uh, thing. Um, There's... um, Who knows?
1: There's also a, a new documentary that's kind of fan-based that fans were able to send in videos for, um, that will be included on this DVD. Somehow this news completely missed, I think all of us, correct?
0: Because yep. none of us yeah. sent in a video.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. shout out to Carla. She got hers in, uh, uh, I think that right on the deadline, she found out about it <laughs> <laughs> and sent it in. So, but congratulations to all the fans, um, that made it onto the documentary. I can't wait to see your videos. I, I like that, the inclusion of, of, of fans on there because it's really the fans that keep the the property alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you mention that there would be a best of New Adventures disc in yes. there too? Okay. I, yes. I, I, 20 I
0: episodes uh, chosen of the uh, New Adventures series. Uh, it sort of makes sense. It's not a very popular series. It would, would have probably substantially increased the cost of yeah, the set. Yeah, exactly. Include all 65, so... Um, and i'm sure
1: was- like you know obviously they'll have the first episode a new beginning but i'm sure they'll include once upon a time with Tila. uh so a lot of the key episodes that people who have never checked out of the new adventures of he-man are going to want to see are probably going to be on on the set what i did want to mention is inside the set is a new uh mural that nate did and i never pronounced his last name right <laughs> do you know how to pronounce his last name leanne Oh now you are putting me on the spot. Uh-huh. Um, I'm always I bad, I always mess it up, and I don't want to mess it up on air.
3: Is it like um perch, sh- sh- or Maybe. But anyone anyway, ev- I always thought it was?
1: Everyone knows at who Power Nate
3: on somebody said it another way and I was like, Oh, maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, Nate so I don't know. Nate knows who he is and everyone else knows who Nate is, I hope. But he worked on the new <laughs> Castle Gray statue. And he's had covers on the comic and that kind of stuff. But he did an awesome new mural that's going to be inside the um, DVD set. Um, that's going to be behind, I think, where the DVDs are placed. Beautiful mural. They had it on display at PowerCon at the DVD booth table. And it has a lot of cool characters on it. Um, Master Sebrian is even in it. <laughs> you know it's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, shout out to the DVD company. I would like to be able to purchase a print, please. So I'm just putting that out there to the universe, so that it can it can happen.
0: <laughs> I believe that is it for the news. You're not
1: going to talk about the big news that came out.
0: Big news. There was the big news was Castle Grayskull. No, there was one other item on your list. And why am I drawing a blank? Uh, really? What was it? <laughs> Tell a shadow because I don't remember.
1: Not that I'm just messing with you.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm i sitting here thinking I have completely lost my mind. Um, well, since... Which, it would not be totally out of the question <laughs> after that Orco issue of the comic book. Well, that's what I was just... In a bit.
1: Now, see, now I was just yeah. going to say... Well, since we already kind of talked about PowerCon, I guess we should talk about PowerCon, but now you just brought up Orco, so maybe we should just transition into the Orco I- issue before we get into PowerCon. Up to you. Not to talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do Orco first because he was an interesting comic book. Now, wait, I, <laughs> I would like I'd like I'd like Katie to reproduce in um, vocal form. <laughs> the email she sent to me after she read the Orco comic book.
2: <laughs> oh, wait. I have to pull it up so I can get it word for word. Um, There it is. Okay, here we go. Are y'all ready? <laughs> and, oh, my God. even do it justice. What was in my head was even more squeeish than that. That was the funniest, awesomest, just creativist thing ever. It was great. I loved it. I was laughing so hard that Adam had to turn off what he was watching on TV because I was so loud and couldn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... I mean, obviously it's silly and... It doesn't give us much about or anything about the patches of the universe that we didn't already know, except for this skull thing that I don't think we had heard of previously. But it was just so much fun. Who cares? (laughs) I mean, it talked about rainbows. Hello. (laughs) 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 That's when I really died, when Evelyn says, why are there so many rainbows? (laughs) It was, yeah. And then Panther. Oh, my God you cannot look at that picture of panthor in the cute state and not when
1: he looks face. like kirby
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> how do you make your voice go that high katie <laughs> that's amazing <laughs>
2: Um, this is what happens every Christmas as Adam will tell you every time we're opening gifts, my voice is just like that for about half an hour straight. And it's hilarious. Um, that's awesome. I just get so excited and this issue made me that excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the artist was Chris Gugliotti. I'm bad with last names as we knew from five (laughs) minutes ago. Um, But I even liked his... So, obviously, I liked how they did all these different art styles in it, kind of being a parody of things. But I liked his actual regular style as well. Mm -hmm. A lot. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I dug it. Um, Because I know that a lot of people have been complaining about the art in some of these uh, digital
0: releases. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, uh, (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) It was certainly... Uh, a different side to uh, Masters than we've seen since the uh, episode with uh, Plundar back in the day. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> what <We're like, laughs> it reminded me of a lot, actually.
1: The basic plot was there's this skull that the sorceress is trying to like manipulate, and Orko kind of screws it up, and it changes Eternia, and it keeps changing the reality they're in. And I wasn't sure because it seems like every different reality they're in is a parody of something. Um, so I wasn't sure what all of them were. Um, but they look
0: awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, they do.
0: <laughs> Calvin <laughs> and Homs was in there. Yeah. SpongeBob, Batman. Mm hmm. Um, uh,
2: and the sorceress totally looked like Jessica rabbit.
1: Yes. She looked like Jessica rabbit. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know, like, uh, I guess we, we could look this up, I'm sure everyone's analyzed it, but I, I don't know what, like, this Egyptian-looking one is, where the, the kids are writing like, hero and pointing and grr, kitties, like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um I liked the scene where the, uh, the sorceress was a sock puppet. Yes! <laughs> I thought that was pretty, I mean, I'm sure this is a reference to something, um but I thought it was a really entertaining read. I mean, like you said, you, Katie, we don't get new information from it, really. Yeah. But it's just, like, fun.
2: Totally. And after all these dark things where everybody's dying and there's all this sexual stuff going on, I think we needed this. Just a little break.
1: I think Castle Grayskull looks good as a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just so strange <laughs> Dr- drugs were involved in the <laughs> production of this comic i really think they were
1: well even like man at arms in the one scene when he's asking about his weapons like w- one of his hands is like the thing um one of his i one of his hands is like a robot like could be like maybe inspector gadget or some type it's like some type of claw Mm-hmm.
2: um
1: so there's probably a lot of hidden, you know, references that we're not even realizing are,
0: are in this. I expected you to get to the end and and we'd all find out that this was all being controlled by Count Marzo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really
2: uh, love Pirate Skeletor.
1: You like Wit? Which? which one?
2: Pirate Skeletor.
1: Pirate Skeletor. That was cute. Oh, oh wait. With the Spongebob one. Oh.
2: <laughs> my leg and hook hand and pirate hat and Panther the snail. <laughs> <laughs> just every single page. I was just noticing these tiny little things that were hysterical. And I'm still doing it. <laughs> the battle cat is a fish and he man is a starfish. <laughs> 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 I love it.
1: It was definitely unexpected. I'll I'll tell you that.
2: (laughs) But anything that's centering around Orko, you have to imagine is going to be unexpected and crazy.
1: That's true. That's true. How about Leanne? You've been kind of quiet on this one.
3: I didn't know if we were taking turns or what. Oh, Um, Jump in. I actually, um, when I first started reading it, I was like, I wasn't sure, you know, what I would think. But by the end, I actually really liked it because it was fun. And, it, I mean, it's like Orko. I mean, it's – I thought it was a good representation of, you know, of Orko. It was mm-hmm. it, it was a kind of a standard, you know, story. There wasn't really much plot to it. But it was – I mean, it was fun. And I loved the little um, – the way the art style changed and all of the little uh, tribute pieces to different things like Calvin and Hobbes, which um, even the font changed to the Calvin and Hobbes font. I I don't know if you guys noticed. Good Um, pickup. So, I mean, there were a lot of little you know, little things sprinkled in there that I thought were were pretty cool. So, I actually enjoyed it. And I think I enjoy it more now because of Katie's reaction. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
2: (laughs) You can, just, yeah, you can also tell that the artist and the writers had fun making this.
3: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure th- I'm sure the artist had a blast going through different things and figuring out what he was going to, you know, make little you know, tributes to and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. And I thought that some of the drawings were pretty adorable. The, the SpongeBob drawings and then the, the panthor. I thought was hilarious. And Skeletor says, Disney says, I'm something like, Panther, stop being cute.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah when he turns into Kirby <laughs> yeah I thought that was hilarious but yeah I thought it was I thought it was actually a lot of fun and I agree with Katie that after the last few which had been really on the dark side I thought this was a nice change
0: I do wonder though uh, a lot of it obviously a lot of the fans I mean i I definitely enjoyed the comic it's definitely out of place from the last few like you were just saying but I do wonder if through the digital comics if any Non, masters fans, people who were not familiar with the property beforehand, who had been reading them, and you know maybe getting into that the whole darker aspect of it, and then they hit this one. I hope it doesn't turn them off to continuing with the series, having this very very abrupt, drastic change of style right in the middle unexpectedly. Hopefully not, but uh, you do have to wonder if that may happen
1: perhaps i mean i can see your point there but um i hope that they would just see it as something really fun um but yeah but you know you guys make a good point about the other ones were so kind of dark like the evil lynn one all you know sinister and depressing and sexual and then the randor one about you know viruses and death and leeches (laughs) (laughs) this one was a bit more uplifting and fun and plus these are the digital minis, the ninety-nine cent stuff. So it's not it's not in the actual meat and potatoes series or whatever we want to call it.
2: And I really like that the skeletor in this is very reminiscent of the skeletor that I love, which is like the Christmas special skeletor where he's just hilarious and not so evil. Like, yeah, telling Panthor to stop being cute and saying he doesn't want to rule over an aquatic world. And then Merman's like, but I like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that version of Skeletor, so that made me happy too.
3: I mean, I could even see this as... It didn't really feel like it was um, in continuity with the others because Mm -hmm. it was so different. And I kind of... I don't know if it was intended you know, in this way, but I kind of see it as maybe just like a one off, like a you know It's removed. I don't even know if it the yeah universe. Yeah. I mean although apart from you know the sorceress at the very beginning with this the skull that she you know is talking about that's causing all this. Um yeah, I mean it could be its own, you know, little thing.
1: I totally agree. Any any final any other thoughts on the on Orc goal?
0: does make you wonder what they're gonna do next doesn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: what is next is does anybody know
0: i don't think we ever know until it's released yeah like no the day it comes out I, it's, a, the, the, oh, it's a the first few we
1: knew about um but i don't think they've been name dropping them
0: no not since yeah like they announced like the first three i think or maybe yeah the first three i think it was we knew and then after that it's been a surprise every time Um, if
1: I may talk about another comic book briefly, um, I know not everyone has read this one because it it came with Dragon Blaster Skeletor and not everyone opens, uh, theirs, um, but it's the final part of the second ultimate battleground and, um, something happens in uh, near the end of this, this comic that I do not approve of.
0: Well, I approve of half of it.
1: I approve of the revenge part of it.
0: And, and I approve of the the other <laughs> half, so we could not be more at odds yes. with this. So so, spoiler alert. Spoiler so
1: there's alert. like a bit yes, big spoiler alert. There's like a huge battle going on. Um, huge. I'm talking massive, like you wouldn't believe. Um, like what? <laughs> it's like every Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power character are drawn into the um the pages here for for these uh, for this battle. But um near the end, um Terror Claws, Skeletor, and Hordak are battling and um it's um it's sad because I might get a little emotional here, so please, you know, bear with me. <sighs> Skeletor kills Hordak. Yep, you heard it right. And I don't approve.
0: <laughs> it's, it is sort of, uh, I don't know if it's intended this way, but it sort of seems like an homage to... Uh... Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader kills the Emperor, sort of his, you know, killing his teacher. Now Skeletor, the pupil, is killing his teacher. Mm. (sighs) Well, I always did like the
1: Emperor more than Darth Vader. So (laughs) That's very strange. I can see your point. Because the Emperor was like badass.
2: Yeah, the whole lightning.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like Darth Vader walking around with that heavy old I can't breathe. You know, type stuff, where it's like the Emperor was all like, I'm a double agent, and (laughs) look at me in my cool robe.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. I
3: will tell you, though, Darth Vader was a lot more badass before the prequels came out, because after the prequels, I mean, all he was was this whiny kid, and this whiny teenager, and
1: I'm not even going to get into that. (laughs) Well, I like I like the Emperor, because I think he's really cool. So if Hordak is the Emperor, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, but I don't like Hordak dying. I don't think Skeletor should be allowed. I would have less of a problem if it was Shira defeating Hordak. Um, but Shira wouldn't have killed Hordak anyway because she would shed a tear for him.
0: Um, and I think if they if you're gonna kill off. Hordak. Having another villain do it actually was a better way to go. Well, I guess it's better than King Hiss killing him,
1: and it's certainly better than that whole banishing to Despondos, uh, you know, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With I don't want King Grayskull killing him either. Uh, So that's another story for another day. But... Here's how we get here's how Hordak gets his revenge on. And this this is the part that I take issue with. Yeah, so this is how Hordak gets his revenge, and I get my revenge on Josh. Is that right as uh, Hordak is, you know, dying here, he shoots his buzz saw out of his chest, and it hits into Skeletor, gives him some type of virus, and he turns into New Adventures, Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, was that a noise? Because it physically hurts me. <laughs> I will say the whole technovirus virus thing is kind of cool because they've been talking about that since the very very beginning uh, of the bios. Um, they talked about it with like Hero uh, and such. So that that's been that's been an ongoing thread. So that's kind of cool. But uh, oh, this hurts. Stings. Yeah, because you know what happens
1: next? Starship Eternia appears, and Hydron and Flip Shop are like, Hey, people, we need some help. Oh. How convenient. How oh, very convenient. Uh, Ras in this episode, though, episode, this issue, so that should make our... Uh, as I know some people were like, when they saw Battleground Tila on the cover. They were upset, which I would be too. She-Ra should be on the cover. Um, but uh, She-Ra is inside the comic, so that's very good. And there's a loving, like, brother and sister scene uh, near the end of the comic that I liked. And He-Man calls She-Ra Adora. I thought that was adorable. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, did I just go there? You know that's right. Um, so, anyway, that's my beef, but. You know, it gives this New adventure Skeletor, so... Ha, ha, ha.
0: You're welcome. That being said, <laughs> New Adventure Skeletor is the... Really the only New Adventures character at this point left that I am interested in seeing the figure, having never owned the original. And never seen it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, since that was long after I lost my vision. So I'm curious to see that design.
1: Well, and it'll be good, too, because the classic figure not only will be larger... Then the new, you know, the original new yeah. adventures figures were smaller, and um, it'll be more detailed. So, bonus. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you and Katie were lazy and didn't go to PowerCon. <laughs> um,
0: uh, in my case, it was I was broke and couldn't get to Comic Con. <laughs> No, you went to Comic
1: Con. You just didn't go to Comic Or
0: Power, uh, Con. Power Con, rather. Yes. Yeah. So that's why
1: You're both you part. should stop going to Comic Con because Power Con is where the party is at.
2: <laughs> I will be there next year, I promise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leanne and I went, however, and we had an awesome time. Leanne had her own table um, on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> 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 right by uh james Etok bust the tunes who you well, said on was the across, floor and then like you like said right up. next
0: to you say on the floor and then you say james and i expect brown to come next oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry but um james filled in for
1: katie martin and josh at our joint podcast panel with the fine folks at uh rose google dinner um uh So, he did not attempt to do your voices, though. And I wanted him to to do, like, a Katie laugh, but I forgot to tell him. (laughs) So, I apologize um, for that. Um, But we gave away um, Kit Kats. I brought Kit Kats, but um, Eamon wasn't there. But he was there via Skype, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But I, I I couldn't give him a Kit Kat that way Uh, so I threw them at the audience Um, they knew they were coming but I still unfortunately hit someone in the head so I I apologize to whomever I hit in the head with the flying Kit Kats and um, we want a a shout out to Phil who caught one of our t-shirts and he posted a picture of himself wearing the t-shirt on Facebook
2: Nice.
1: so that just means Phil is really cool Because he has the t-shirt. I'm just saying. Um, But what was really cool was I got to moderate a panel that Leanne was on. And that was the MV Creations comic panel. And I think, Leanne, you wanted to bring something up about that?
3: Yeah, I think... um, I just kind of got the feeling that the panel was kind of sad and uh, a little bit on the negative side because... Uh, most of what we talked about was, um, you know, our dealings with Mattel and um, what happened with the studio by the end and the stuff with CrossGen and all. But one thing I wish I had said on the panel is that MV Creations still exists and we all still do work for MV Creations in some capacity um, as freelancers. Um, I've done, you know, Transformer stuff for MV Creations, um, Hasbro stuff. So, I mean, it's still alive and kicking and we're all still a part of it, so that's what I wish I had said on the panel. So it, you know, kind of give an uplifting end to, you know, some of the hardships we talked about.
1: Very good. Yes, so. and I, um, I, I was very glad um, when I went to the audience questions, and your husband Rod came up. And he asked like a very positive, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a positive uplifting <laughs> question, because it, it, I, I mean, like, you know, a lot of that probably, you know, a lot of people just wanted to, you know, express um, their sorrow of what it what had happened. And I mean, I think that's a natural kind of road that, you know, or possible path the panel could have you know taken um, is kind of talking about, you know, what had happened near the end of the. Of the physical studio days, um, but that's why I was very grateful for Rod. For <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, he said that's. He said that's why he wanted to ask a more positive question. Yes, so. just the kind of you know,
1: lighten the mood a little. <laughs> Absolutely, very, very good. Um, uh, I applaud him.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Woo-hoo>!
1: Um. <laughs> The um, I did a few other panels myself. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to a lot of panels because I'm maybe moderating one that's against another panel. But I got to do the new Adventures of He Man panel. We had Jack Olesker and Francis Moss, um, on there. I had also had the ple- pleasure of sitting next to Francis Moss, um, on at the dinner on Saturday night at PowerCon. Um, so that was fun. Great guy. Um, he he, seemed to, he remembered a lot about the New Adventures, um, as obviously did Jack Olesker, uh, who kind of basically kind of created the, the show, who we had on previous episode of Master's Cast, so you should download that if you haven't. Um, but what was really cool about the New Adventures panel was there was uh, one of the guys from Mattel that worked on the New Adventures toy line that designed, say, the electronic power sword, which was one of the best-selling items in the New Adventures um, toy line. Uh, kind of interacted with us a bit uh, at the end, and he asked his own question and stuff. So I thought that was really cool <laughs> 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 that someone from Mattel was, uh, you know, uh, in- interacting. Um, it was fun. To, I mean, they said that they didn't really have any restrictions. They were never told they couldn't use, say, uh, She-Ra in the new adventures. It just might have been something that just wasn't um, being looked at at the time. Um but uh, I thought it was, it was pretty fun. We don't get to hear a lot about the new adventures of He-Man. Uh, and I really hope that a lot more people check it out when the 30th anniversary uh, discs come out. I think they will be pleasantly surprised if they, as we've said before, go, look, go into it as a kind of just a little separate off shot there. 65 episodes uh, that you can have some fun with. Um, I did some other really just kind of fun panels. We did one with um, Daniel, who created a Castle Grayskull Man. Um, nice. That was fun. We did a panel with um, a lot of the guys that do the custom He-Man stuff, like uh, custom action figures and custom weapons. So, like, Joe Amato. and uh, I loved it because I've always wondered how... Because um, when I used to try to to do a custom figure back in the day, I'd always use that Sculpey stuff Mm -hmm. and it always seemed very difficult to work with. Um, so I was mentally taking notes at all the, like the stuff they said they use because their figures, you know, look,
2: Oh, they look fantastic. I
1: mean, yes, like absolutely. Um, uh, fantastic. Like, um, Hunter Knight customs. He had like a Seahawk there Cool. oh my gosh that Seahawk fantastic Seahawk <laughs> like they need to release Seahawk or he's just gonna have to sell me that one because it was <laughs> awesome I'm um, just saying um, but that was a really fun panel and then we did do, 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 what else did I do oh I did the Mike Young Productions panel again which I tried to record for everyone but once again I failed you for my memory <laughs> card which is a piece of junk <laughs> is corrupt. And I've tried like eight different ways to salvage what was on there and, um, mm. wasn't going to happen. But what was really cool about the, um, panel is that once again, Ian Richter, uh, reiterated that they definitely wanted to look at Shira for season three, if there was a she- season three. And I mean, he prefaced that with saying like, look, we can say anything we want, right? There's never going to be a season three. Um, but just personally, it's nice that they did that um, outreach to the Shira fans. And I tried to throw him a curveball at the end. So after we did the normal panel, the question and answer session with the fans, I had about a minute left uh, in our allotted time for the panel. And I said, well, Ian, I have one more question for you. You work for DreamWorks now. He doesn't work for Mattel anymore. He works for DreamWorks. And as, as many of you know, DreamWorks purchased the Filmation stuff because they purchased... Classic media. So I said, any little hints, tidbits, you can drop in regards to what you might be doing with He-Man and She-Ra? And um, he thought it was an excellent question. Of course, I asked it. Why wouldn't it be an excellent question? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, he basically name-dropped She-Ra again. Didn't say anything about He-Man, but said that they were looking looking forward to uh, working with She-Ra. So possibly something... In the works with She-Ra at DreamWorks coming down the pipeline? Hope so.
0: Look. I, I would not I have no problems with them uh exploring that. I do hope, though, if they go that route, that they don't try to divorce She-Ra from the Masters of the Universe property as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think the the property stands uh together a lot better in this sort of all-inclusive type thing that they're doing with classics now and and frankly is I think the way that most fans have viewed masters since you know since the 80s as as this one cohesive uh, property even with its various uh, different storylines and things in the comics and and uh, what have you so I, I hope that they don't try to bring back She-Ra and completely divorce it from he-man and the and the the master's part of it
1: well how would you feel though if like so it's sort of like a divorce maybe we'll call it um a separation right so before <laughs> you actually get the divorce you we separate and we see uh if we want to actually go through with the divorce what if it was you know hordak was still the villain you know shira adora still says by the power of grace or bought for
0: the honor of grayskull um but, but, like, see, right by that, right there, you've already eliminated my concern, you know. Okay, but Grace that's what Gull, I'm saying. Like, Grayskull like, came from that. I, I just don't want to see them create some new, like, um, for example, new origin story for Adora uh-huh. slash okay. is completely uh, separate from and in no way connected to Grayskull or Eternia. Okay, or so you'd else. be
1: fine like that, but what if they never mention Eternia? They never mention He Man? They never mention she has a twin brother?
0: As long as they don't, but they don't necessarily it. exactly. They don't eliminate right. the possibility that then, that. Then I'm totally fine with it. But that's okay. Yeah, that's not what I'm concerned about. How about uh, our two gals?
1: What do you guys think?
3: Um, I thought it was really interesting that he went to Shira right away. He didn't mm-hmm. mention He Man at all. Um, which kind of felt to me like he was, you know, they're more interested in possibly developing this as a girl's property. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Um, I do agree with um, Josh that I still would like it to be connected. Um, As long as they leave the possibility open, you know, that's that's fine, you know.
2: Yeah, I would prefer it still be connected as well. But I would love to see She-Ra get some well-deserved attention, even if it is completely separate with a new origin story, which I hope they don't. But even if it is, she's gotten crap for years. but I mean, at least He-Man had new adventures. She-Ra didn't have a revamp. At least He-Man had a live-action movie. She-Ra didn't have that. So I feel like She-Ra could still do plenty of stuff on her own and it'd still be awesome. And it would make me happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it's it's interesting, right? It's hard to kind of conceptualize that. How would we feel if it was no longer tied or how would we feel if it was but there's never a reference of He-Man? I guess it just all it just depends on the product they put out and then we'll just have to go from there.
0: I think mm-hmm. if they at all want to appeal to fans of the vintage the vast majority of them, I think separating it completely from what's come before would be a really bad move because I think it would turn off a lot of the, the fans who have been fans of the property for a long time.
2: But do you see them ever taking He-Man and adding She-Ra to it? Like these comics. I think you said She-Ra was showing up in one of them, right?
1: Yeah, she's in the, the one that came with the toys.
2: Okay, so the mini-comics. Mm-hmm. but she hasn't shown up in the digital she hasn't shown up in the uh I forget what it's called the other series the the
1: mini series yeah
0: so uh, i don't know that shira would necessarily be in the in the dc the, the mini series the printed mini series but if that series continues when they're done with this current story i could definitely see them pulling etheria into the story and 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 bringing it, all those characters into it as well i i don't think there's anything that uh Makes me think that they won't do that. Um, she, I, I, with Shira, it looks so like well. she's mostly... You know, like you said, she's definitely gotten the shorter end of the stick. That aspect of the property has for quite some time. Really, up until the classics started including Princess of Power figures. Um, mm-hmm. There's no question of that. But I think more of that it has to do with the, the timing and how the other properties were uh Introduced than it does anything against Shira specifically. New Adventures, for example, basically did that to everyone besides He-Man and Skeletor. You didn't get any of the old characters. The, well, what about Mike Young? What's they that? They
2: left her out too. Mike Young Productions.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to uh, next. Is that they they came along, but it was 39 episodes. It was very short lived. They had, you know, was, there's been a lot of talk about that the third season would have dealt with the Horde and stuff. I just don't think it ran long enough. We did get the She-Ra figure um, with that line that was the Comic-Con exclusive when things were winding down uh, and all of that. Really but I just don't think it, it? I don't think it ran long enough. But why does she always it?
2: have to be the afterthought? The, if we stick around for another season, then we'll stick around. Why does she always have to be at the end? I want what? something that puts her at the beginning as just as important as Hema and the Masters.
0: And and that may that may happen if, if I I, ah. I don't I don't I don't <laughs> I disagree. But if you're gonna keep Thank if you're you. going if you're gonna keep the filmation mythos, just the the basic premise of the two worlds, eternity Etheria, I think it's very, very, very difficult to try to introduce those simultaneously. Um, without overwhelming new viewers who well, don't understand what's going on. Eternia, you know, has always been sort of, that's where Skull is, that's where the power comes from. This is, you introduce this first, and then you bring Sheer into it and the other world, so as not to overwhelm with too much information from the get-go. Wikipedia.
2: There is Wikipedia. If somebody doesn't know where she came from, <laughs> yeah. they can look
0: it up. Well, I- I'd like to point this out, too. So...
1: I actually think, though, that, yes, I think the next time they revamp this, it should be different. She-Ra, maybe we can throw her in. I don't I don't mean throw her in in a negative sense. Like, oh, we'll just throw She-Ra in. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Because, okay, so the Mike Young thing kind of started from the beginning again. Adam gets the power sword, blah, blah. It's kind of the same, almost kind of same as, like, you know, Filmation, what we're kind of used to. And it didn't last as long either. New adventures lasted longer, 65 episodes, but that was kind of the episode count at the time. Times have changed. We don't really do that with the cartoons anymore. So uh, maybe it is time to do something kind of like a little uh, drastically different. And I think the problem with She-Ra boils down to she's not the top dog He-Man is, but she's also not Batgirl, right? She's not Supergirl. She's, she's higher than those characters. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's more significant than a Batgirl is. Cause like she's a lot not, of people,
0: she's not just a female version of He-Man.
1: Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, so there was Batman and they're like, okay, we want a female Batman. So we're going to introduce Batgirl. It's like, it, it, it's not, She-Ra was her own property. You know mm. what I mean? She had her own cartoon. Uh, she had a toy line. Uh, it's the, These things weren't
0: done with Batgirl, Supergirl, She-Hulk. That, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you guys feel if they just eliminated the the whole Etheria aspect? And if they were going to start a new series over again and have He-Man and She-Ra there from the beginning, more or less. Uh, and just used Eternia as the backdrop. Because I could see them possibly doing that. I wouldn't necessarily be... Opposed to that. Mm. I just think introducing the two existing mythos at once is difficult. and that's I think that's the only reason why they've, you know, Shira's always had to come a little bit well, after they've introduced the, sort of, the uh, foundation of the... You
1: universe. could integrate... Aspects of Eternia and Etheria, right into Eternia. Right, so you exactly. could still have like the Crystal Castle and things like that. It would just it exactly. would be on Eternia. Um, I think the only problem we run into is would we still have Hordak kidnapping Adora? Would we still have that type of storyline? Probably not. That's what I'm thinking. It would have to be a different type of type of origin,
0: mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of goes back to what I was saying. Unless you want to rewrite the entire mythos. It I think it's too difficult from a storytelling point of view to try to introduce the existing idea of the two worlds right from the the get go. I think that's that's overwhelming to an audience from you know of, that are not already familiar. For us fans, it would be fine because we already get the idea. Um, I think because that was Katie's question is why why is Shira always been the afterthought? And I think I don't think it's so much that she's the afterthought as it is that they're they're trying to introduce everything and let's just face it even if you you take out new adventures and take out sheer even just vintage masters and the story of eternia it, it encompasses a massive massive amount of mythology a massive number of characters once you've added in everything including uh shira it's uh, it's huge it's a huge universe to uh to encompass and you have to break it into pieces For a new audience, if that's that's the route they want to go.
3: Well, I mean, maybe the new strategy is, you know, because they they just did, I mean, not just did, but the Mike Young series isn't that far off. And maybe the the new strategy is, let's try and start it with She-Ra and see what happens. And maybe, you know, she'll be the one introduced first, right, and then then bring He-Man into it. Yeah. The
0: interesting thing there is uh, if nothing else, they will have to if they go that route uh, they probably will have to change She-Ra's origin story to some degree because it won't be her sword coming to her from Eternia via Adam. So that'll be... Well,
2: I've so many stuff about so much stuff about He-Man already. Not necessarily in Mike Young productions, but in all the comics that they've done since. And even some in Mike Young. They've They've rewritten so much that I don't see that rewriting some of Shiro would be that big of a deal. Like the I, see, I don't, I don't see that Mike so Young was
0: that much different, really.
2: Eh, maybe it wasn't. I'm trying like to the core,
0: The core story was still the same. hmm To me. It's interesting to think about where they may be taking it. Yeah. Well,
1: um... Uh, Now, see, we've shifted into a negative zone of sorrow and (laughs) things. So so let's go upbeat.ing And how about Leanne? Why why don't you tell us um, your favorite uh, parts of PowerCon this year?
3: Um, Probably the dinner after, um, or on Saturday. Um, That was cool, just talking to everybody. And I was seated next to Dean Stefan, which was awesome.
1: He is the Um, man.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And... um, so that was cool. Um, going up after the dinner to hear Dean play guitar, and we, yes. were, you know, he was playing Beatles songs and you know Everly Brothers and stuff like that, and we were all singing and stuff. That was really cool. Nice. Um, then the podcast um, Saturday night into Sunday morning um, was interesting, <laughs> and it was um, alcohol was involved with um, many people. On the podcast, which I think is a little more interesting, <laughs> um, and then uh, pretty much all day Sunday was was cool because we got to actually um, walk around and talk to people and like Meg Foster, for example, who is like one of the nicest people I've probably ever met.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, she, was she was fantastic, awesome.
3: and you know, she she worked on Xena, which I didn't realize, but Rod knew, and Rod worked on Xena. So they kind of bonded over New Zealand and, you know, talking about stuff like that, which was cool. I mean, she was really, really nice. Um, Brian Dobson was awesome. Who Uh, we heard at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Um, He was very cool. Um, Yeah, it was nice seeing friends and um, just being in the atmosphere of everyone there. And meeting new people. And um, we got to talk to Gary Hartle. That's another one. Um, He was super nice. Um, Yeah. And I also thought it was kind of funny that, because I sat in on the Mike Young panel that you moderated, John. Mm -hmm. And um, when King Grayskull was mentioned, Dean called us both out on hating King Grayskull. Yes, that's true.
1: (laughs) That's true. I I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, he was like, I know some people don't like King Grayskull. John and Leanne, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, I, I, I
0: want sl- to meet Dean Stiffen one of these days. I He's really awesome.
1: do. He he really is. Um, something you had said made me think of something,
0: but <laughs> alas, <laughs> it just just one quick comment while John's trying to remember that. Loved always loved Meg Foster's uh, portrayal of Evelyn. There's, yeah. there's a lot in that movie yeah, not too. to like, but uh, she was—I really liked her portrayal. Yeah,
3: totally agree. I, for me, um, she and Franklin Langella were the best things about the movie.
0: For me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, totally, so, totally.
3: and I told her that I said, you know, you were, you were awesome. And I told her that she has the most beautiful eyes, and she does.
2: Yeah, she does. And Crazy. I
3: mean, she's, and it's, it's really cool because when she, you know she took pictures with us and with other people, and. She gets this, like, sultry look in her pictures, you know, that she just, like, goes into this zone and it's, like, it's awesome. Nice. But, yeah, she's super nice. Um, Also seeing James again, James Etock, and um, Matt Tyree, who I hadn't seen in, like, eight years. Oh, wow. uh, It was really, it was a lot of fun. And I think there were a lot more people there this year.
1: Oh, so many more people. Yep. Everyone was so nice too. I did the registration desk and on Friday night, and um, lots of people said hello to me. And um, I gave out free Master's MastersCast um, magnets. I think it was to like the first hundred people or something. Can't remember cool. how many magnets I had, um, but I ran out of magnets. So sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, one one other PowerCon thing we should mention is the secret accessory.
1: Oh, yes, the secret accessory, which I actually think I accidentally threw away.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I just got mine in the mail because I ordered it. So wish I hadn't. It was such a <laughs> cheat by Mattel to say that they were offering... This is just my opinion. I'm ranting here for just a minute. Offering a secret accessory that you know will not be available, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully we'll be able to make it available at some point in the future. Yeah, at some point in the future, being in uh, about a week and a half after we are done recording this episode, um, the only difference being it's the Keldor sword, which is very cool. By the way, I love I love the the Mike Young stuff. I'm such a 2000x fan um, anyway, and uh, it's a, been a classicized, as they they put it, the uh, the Keldor sword. But basically, they were giving away a version of it that was a factory mistake. And the two halves of the sword are glued together. That's it. That's the only thing that's different about it from the weapons pack that comes out uh, later this month. So uh, that was a little bit uh, disappointing. Not not that I expected anything really super great, but uh, it does seem like that was overhyped for what it was. Well, in
1: a positive, I did get you your Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Yes, thank you. And very I, much. I, physically stood in line. I did not try to flash a my staff badge. <laughs> I stood in line. I waited, and I purchased my two sorceresses, like any other good fan. Um, Shadow is the ethical power. Exactly. Employee. I am full of ethics and morals.
0: It was all of those (laughs) the messages at the end of the episodes that made you the man you are today. Exactly.
1: I try. uh,
2: You guys haven't released the podcast that you did there yet,
1: right? Um. No, that will. I. uh, Um. I would like to see how that is edited. (laughs) (laughs) Um. As Leanne mentioned, there was alcohol involved. Although I do not believe. Um. We were drunk. No. <laughs> no. I had had I had, had I think a Jack and Coke earlier in the night. Um <laughs> well, that had definitely worn off before before I, I threw Kit Kats at people. Um <laughs> But uh not really sure how much of it will be able to be included.
2: <laughs>
3: there were some yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs>
2: I would like to see more PowerCon videos, even if it's not that one. So people get to uploading.
1: Yeah, I know uh, Pixel Dan recorded uh, some of the panels. So those, I believe, are up on his uh, YouTube. Uh, 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 One thing we should mention, you did mention Meg Foster, who was awesome. I think she talked to me for at least 20 minutes. Um, But the uh, Masters Universe movie is out on Blu-ray now. It came out uh, last Mm. Tuesday. So pick that up if you don't. If you don't get it. There are no new extras on it. It's just the trailer and the same commentary track that is on the DVD. Uh, Gary Goddard said at PowerCon that Warner Brothers passed on purchasing the extras that they had filmed uh, for the Blu-ray set. Um, he basically said, I think that they were going to get them for like such a cheap price, kind of almost at cost, just for the production costs of the of the features. Um, but Warner's passed on it. Um also Gary said that Warner Brothers does have the alternate ending to the movie and that was also not included. So, Ooh, wow. Opportunity missed. I mean it is one of, you know, Warner's bargain titles for Blu-ray, but
2: but still,
1: if you have this stuff available, Warner Brothers, it'd be real nice.
2: Yeah, because when else are they going to release
1: it? I know, this was the, what, 25th anniversary?
0: <sighs> you know, it would be interesting to see. I wonder if uh, Gary Goddard's considered maybe taking the stuff that he's shot for the extras and just putting out a release of his own.
1: I think they are going to do that. It might be on the, the Toy Masters documentary. DVD, okay. they'll just have to remove any of the, probably the footage they have from the movie that's interweaved right. with the, um, but he also said that there's a possibility of a book coming out that they're going to do hmm. that'll have like uh, production drawings, stills, a whole write up on how, you know, the production of the movie. Um, so I really hope, um, that comes out. And speaking of books, I just remembered this as a bit of news that we should drop, um, Andy Mangles with Lou Scheimer, the book, Lou Scheimer creating the Filmation Generation. So basically Lou's biography there, um, written by Lou and Andy Mangles, comes out very, very soon. I don't think we
0: have a date. It was supposed to be out on September 26th. October 24th. Yeah, October 24th. October 24th.
1: Yes, you can pre-order it. At the publisher's website, which is tomorrows.com. That's T-W-O-M-O-R-R-O-W-S dot com. It's, uh, uh, I think, uh, 25 26 26 Um We got to see previews of the book at San Diego Comic-Con. Looks fantastic. I can't ra- wait to read it. Uh, so hats off to Andy Mangels for finally getting that out. So definitely pre-order it or purchase your copy come... Uh, October
0: 24th I'm crossing my fingers that there's going to be a a version of it on iBooks so that I can read it well there is a digital only
1: version um, on tomorrows.com that's $10 Um, I believe it is included with my purchase of the book that I can download the download so I can let you know if it's accessible
0: that would be nice yes Hate buying stuff and then finding out I can't read it. That yes, that would it's be very
1: frustrating. That would be a bit frustrating. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, did we have any other final thoughts we needed to get out there?
0: Uh, I think we have covered it all. Um, oh, one hey, other. Actually, you know, one more thing. I do have one. I one have guy. one more thing too. So go ahead. Uh, this uh, I kind of alluded to it a moment ago but just want to get this out here uh, uh, this month on uh, October 15th Maddy Collector sale uh, there will be the weapons pack that is not included in the subscription if you want the weapons pack which includes the Keldor sword the blue cloth shield and a number of other things you need to be on Maddy Collector that day to order that and on October 12th which Mattel is designating as the official day that Masters of the Universe turns 30, this being the 30th anniversary of the property, they will be having a special offer on maddiecollector.com where you can get both He-Man and Battle Cat together for just 30 bucks, which is quite a deal. That's um, almost
1: like half price. Speaking of Maddie Collector, as an apology for Frosta's incorrect arms... Sub holders will get a free apology gift item from Mattel. Um, But it'll be a year after like Frosta comes out or something like that is what I read the other night or this morning. Um, So there's a free gift coming. Don't know what it is, but it's their thank you for not throwing the Frostas at um, Toy Guru. (laughs) Glimmer. They should give us a glimmer. They should give us a glimmer. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> what, I would be fine th- with that. That would be interesting if it was actually a uh, a significant um, item. Um, second is I definitely have to thank Brian Dobson for recording that intro. That was very nice of him. Um, I shared a shuttle with him back to the airport when we were leaving PowerCon. Awesome guy. Fun guy to hang out with. Um, he will drop right into his Skeletor voice at any time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and be hilarious uh, so that was a, it was a real real pleasure to finally uh, meet uh, uh, Brian Dobson because I did enjoy his um, rendition of Skeletor in the Mike Young productions so jealous oh,
0: that, that, that is me. that is my favorite Skeletor I love Alan Oppenheimer as well but just in terms of Skeletor the, the, the uh, portrayal of that character in any medium Dobson is my favorite one so very very jealous
3: um, that reminds me, actually, because you mentioned him riding with you in the shuttle, um, or very early Monday morning, uh, when Rod and I had to leave, Matt Tyree was going to come with us in our shuttle. He was scheduled to, to leave, like, I don't know, ten fifteen minutes after us, but he was. we were trying to see if we could all get in the same shuttle, and the driver was a total douche and wouldn't do it. But anyway, because of that, Matt was able to ride with Larry Kenney who is the voice of Liono in the original Thundercats series. Nice. And um, so I'm totally jealous of both of you for being able to ride with these voice actors. <laughs> um, but it does remind me on Sunday morning, um, before we actually went into the show, Rod and I were in line in the, the Starbucks to get, you know, something to eat. And Larry Kenny was in front of us. And so, you know, we said hi and we got to talk talking to him a little bit. And he bought our breakfast for us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's because
3: we talked to him. I mean, he he's so nice, such a nice guy. So that was the beginning to my Sunday, which was awesome.
1: Sweet deal. So you shout
3: me- out shout out to Larry Kinney for being awesome.
1: You mentioned Matt Tyree too. I should give shout out to Matt Tyree and uh, Nate because they were my roommates um, at PowerCon and they didn't try to like haze me or anything. <laughs> um, so thank you for being such nice roommates. Ding. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for listening. I'm John Callis, also known as the Shadow.
2: I'm Katie Carti Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright.
3: I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Maka.
0: And I am Josh the also known as just Lioncourt. Good, Good journey. 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 I like how you do that, like was
1: that flanger effect on your journey there, Josh? Uh, mm-hmm. not
0: deliberately. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs>